This is Roy Hales with Cortez Currents, which you can also access at cortezcurrents.ca. In the second of a series of posts, gleaned from the Standing Committee on Fisheries and Oceans, Dr. John Reynolds proposes that DFO adopt a prime directive where management objectives are expressly prohibited from influencing science. Dr. Reynolds is a professor of aquatic ecology and conservation at Simon Fraser University the lead or co-author of 183 peer-reviewed publications and chair of the Committee on the Status of Endangered Wildlife in Canada, better known as COSAWIC. This is taken from a presentation he made on May 5, 2022. Thank you, Mr. Chair, for inviting me to participate uh, with this standing committee. And I'm going to start by wearing my hat as a professor at Simon Fraser University and not on behalf of COSAWIC. And... With that responsibility, I'll briefly remind the committee of some of the difficulties that DFO has had with translating scientific advice into management advice. Then I'll describe an alternative model for the way this might be done more appropriately based on my experiences with COSEWIC, the Committee on the Status of Endangered Wildlife in Canada. So long before I became chair of COSEWIC, I saw a long history of difficulties that DFO management had in dealing with research by my own team at Simon Fraser University and by other academics showing that wild salmon populations are harmed by sea lice emanating from salmon farms on the west coast of Canada. Uh, Dr. Bateman from the Pacific Salmon Foundation described some of those issues to this committee last week, and you just heard from Dr. Mordecai about similar issues with the effects of viruses. Until recently, there's been a consistent pattern of denial of the harm caused to wild salmon by salmon farming, which suggested to me as a salmon biologist that policy preferences were affecting science advice rather than the other way around. The other example that I'll very briefly mention involving DFO's struggle to generate independent science advice comes from the case of endangered steelhead trout in British Columbia. Again, the, the committee has heard already from others about that, I won't go into details, but the key issue is that although DFO convened a panel of federal and provincial scientists and industry stakeholders to review the fish's status and potential for recovery, the advice that, to the minister that came from this review reduced the emphasis on the role of bycatch salmon fisheries as an ongoing threat to steelhead. And bycatch management, I'll remind you, is DFO's responsibility. So this is another example where there's been an issue when it comes to the translation of peer-reviewed science advice into management advice. So, Mr. Chair, I'll, I mention these two examples, as I said, from my vantage point as a professor at Simon Fraser University. I had no idea that I would eventually become the chair of COSEWIC, uh, where I learned about a model for greater independence and transparency. Members of the Committee on the Status of Endangered Wildlife in Canada are appointed by the Minister of the Environment. And we are explicitly directed to provide independent advice. And that independence is enshrined in the Species at Risk Act, and it is reiterated in the ministerial appointment letters that we receive. Many of the members, including myself, are volunteers. Others contribute as part of their day jobs as endangered species experts employed by provinces, territories, and federal agencies. Our status reports undergo three rounds of extensive independent peer review, and our meetings where we decide on the status of uh, threatened species are open to observers. The results of our work are used not only by the federal government for decisions about protection and recovery under the Species at Risk Act, 
but also by a much wider audience of people who have a shared interest in conservation. So, for example, when DFO announced in June of 2021 the creation of a $647 million Pacific salmon strategy, Kasiewicz's determinations of the status of salmon were mentioned explicitly. So, as the good news is that as chair of Kasiwe, I am very pleased to report that our collaborations with DFO scientists on status reports of aquatic species have been very positive. We have two DFO scientists appointed to our committee, and we work closely with them and many others on aquatic species. So the interactions with DFO at the science level have always been very positive, and I'm grateful for the help and expertise that DFO brings to our shared enterprise. But the key to our success is that we all follow a hard directive to provide unbiased, independent science advice where we ignore our day jobs or any potential desired outcomes that others may have. Mr. Chair, I suggest that a similar directive could run from DFO science through to management. Specifically, DFO could adopt a prime directive where management objectives are expressly prohibited from influencing science and there could be checks and balances along the way to ensure that that is occurring. Science and management should also be fully transparent with all documents involved in decision-making publicly available and subject to peer review from outside of DFO. I believe if these principles of world-class science were also applied to, to transparent decisions for management, this would lead to improved outcomes for the conservation of aquatic biodiversity and sustainable fisheries and aquaculture. You've been listening to Dr. John Reynolds, Chair of Kosiwick, propose that DFO adopt a more scientific management model this is Roy Hales with Cortez Currents. Goodbye.